Father, we just want to bless you this morning for the opportunity to gather in your presence. And for this great privilege to hear your word. We are all expectant. We have come that we might be fed by you. Father, I pray that you bless every individual that is here. Speak to us as your children. Give us understanding, give us insight. Grant, O God, that the words that will come forth may find fertile ground. I ask, O God, that you use me this morning to bless your church. I don't qualify, but I depend on you. Thank you, God, for helping us to run this race successfully. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. This morning, I want to bless God for the opportunity to be in his presence. The topic we have is a very familiar one, running to obtain. I want to begin by looking at the passage we read for the gospel. The first few verses there. In that passage in Luke, Luke chapter 13, we saw the anxiety of the disciples of Christ, having followed him for some time, having listened to him, having heard the parables that he told, they became anxious about the end. And they asked our Lord a question that I think is also relevant today, but probably not properly crafted the way they asked the question. They asked him, Lord, are there few who are saved? We have heard you. We have listened to you. And we are getting worried. How many people are going to be saved? It would appear from all that we have said that only very few people will be saved. Can you confirm to us are there few people who will be saved? Can you tell us now, let us know so that we know where we stand. Are there few people who will be saved? But I thank Jesus, he redirected that question. Because as far as I'm concerned, whether there are few people that will be saved or many that will be saved, that is not the point. What is important is whether I, you, will be saved. And in answering them, he said, you strive to enter. Don't bother yourself about the number that will be saved. Concern yourself with whether you will be saved. Strive to enter. Run to obtain. There is a race marked out for each and every one of us. In Hebrews, we are told, God has set a race for us to run. Every believer, the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the moment you become a Christian indeed, 
there is marked out for you a race to run. It is a daily race. It is a race run every second, every minute. There is no time for rest. There is no time to relax. It is a continuous race that is marked out for each and every one of us. And I want to say here, as you all know, that the race is deliberately made to be like a marathon rather than a sprint by God himself. And there is an example. Exodus chapter 13 verse 17. We read in that passage that when Pharaoh eventually saw the power of God and decided to let the children of Israel leave Egypt. The Bible said there that God and I want you to recognize that it was God that God did not lead them through the land of the Philistines. God deliberately did not allow them to go through the land of the Philistines even though it was near. Symbology could have argued uh uh-uh. To get to the promised land, you should use the shortest route. That is what the ordinary man would desire. Take a shortcut. You will ask yourself, what is the shortest distance? And you will take it. But in Exodus, God decided not to choose the shortcut. He knew it was short. He knew it was going to be take less time to get to Palestine through the land of the Philistines. But he chose not to go through there. In the same way, God deliberately did not rapture you or allow you to die the very day you repented. You know you would have been captured into heaven. That moment you said, Christ, come into my life. I want to live for you forever. If you had died that day, you would have been in heaven now. But no, God wouldn't do that. He allowed you to stay, to run the race. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Is God making a mistake? The race, the path chosen by God is laced with hurdles, difficulties, problems. Yet, it is God that has chosen that path. When you read verse 18 of that place, you will see that the scripture said, So God, and I am emphasizing that it is God, So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. God led them around through a difficult path, through a long route, 
wilderness, red sea, obstacles, challenges. And that is the way that God decided to lead them through. God has marked a race for you. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be funny. It's not an easy race we are going to run to heaven. Anybody who tells you it's going to be easy. Uh -uh. There is nothing to support that in scripture. What God has promised us and what he demonstrated in that exodus is that his presence will go with us. That is the assurance we have of succeeding in the race. The presence of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In the New Testament, Paul tried to also talk to the Corinthians about this race, which has been marked out for us. And he used something they were very familiar with to illustrate it. The Isthmian Games, which held every two years at Isthmus in Corinth. So every Corinthian knew about the games. So it was easy to use that to illustrate to them what you require to succeed in running the race to heaven. Number one. In that first Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, what is clear is that it is not every Greek, it's not every Corinthian that participated in the races. The races were for the runners. It was the runners who participated in the running. So the race to heaven is not for every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You have to be enlisted to run in the race. How do we get enlisted? I've already mentioned that. By accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is when that has been done that you become a part of those running the race. Of course, if you don't participate in the race, you can't talk about winning. So you cannot stay aside and think of winning the race that you are not part of. So if we have to discuss running to obtain, you have to become a runner first before you can obtain. And I will give this opportunity to as many as are here who are not sure whether they are actually running or not to make up their mind and join the race. Yes, it is an adult's risk. But, but when the, uh, by the time we finish, you will see it's a worthwhile risk. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number two, from what Paul said, all the runners run. All the runners run. First, you have to be a runner to run. But if you are a runner, you have to run. Hallelujah. So, the race is mandatory for every Christian. It's not optional. You cannot say, I won't run this Christian race. I just want to be a Christian 
JJ. I don't want to be involved in the challenges of being a Christian. Mm-mm. It doesn't happen. All the runners run the race. Now, there are also spectators in the Isthmian games. And the writer of Hebrew said, we have a cloud of witnesses watching us. Even though it's a private race, it is a personal race. What you are doing really shouldn't concern anybody. But the truth is that there are witnesses watching what you are doing, watching the way you are running. Some of the witnesses are runners like you. Others are ordinary spectators staying by the side. Some of these spectators are cheering you, urging you on to ensure that you complete the race successfully. Others are watching to see your mistakes so that they can jeer. That means you have to be very careful because people are watching you. If you run well, you may encourage other people to join the race. If you run the race in a haphazard manner, if you run the race in an unlawful manner, you will discourage people from participating in that race. It is simple. It is natural to look at those who are before you when you want to take a decision in life. If you want to become a medical doctor, the natural thing is to look at medical doctors. Or you may have seen medical doctors. And you saw something in them that impressed you. If you want to be an engineer, the same. If you want to be a priest, you look at priests, or you have seen priests, and there is something in a priest that has attracted you before you choose to be a priest. I then ask, when people look at you, you profess that you are a child of God, you are a Christian, you are Holy Ghost shield, you are running a race to meet your Lord. When they look at you, is there anything that excites them? To say, hey, I want to be like this person. I want to join this race. I want to run the way he's running. Brethren, there are witnesses. There's a cloud of witnesses looking at us. Every race has rules and regulations. Every race whether it is the 100 meters sprint, dash, 400 meters, 200 meters, marathon, steeplechase, every race has a set of rules. Every sport, in fact, does that. If you are playing football, you have to understand the rules that guide playing football. 
there is no sport or race what it's while without rules. To effectively participate, not even to win, you must abide by the rules. Once you don't follow the rules, you are disqualified. Amen? Have you sat down to ask yourself, what are the rules of this race that has been marked for me? Have you ever asked yourself, what are the things that I will do and I will be disqualified? There is no professional footballer who doesn't understand the rules. I'm using football now because we, most of us here, especially the men, the sisters may not be interested. We like football. We watch Mayu, we watch Chelsea, we watch Arsenal. Abe? Some of us who are even spectators, we know the rules. Even sometimes better than the officials, we interpret them. But you can't participate if you don't know the rules. Now, that leads me to the next thing. For you to participate in competitive sports, you must train. You must train. And what Jesus told them, it means there is a competition. Because he said you should strive. If there is no competition, there is no need to strive. We can stroll to enter. But he said strive to enter. Yes, the competition is not one against the other. We are not competing against ourselves. I'm not competing against you. You are not competing against me. But there are forces we have to overcome in order to enter. And if we must overcome those forces, we need to train ourselves just like the athlete does. I am told that every Olympian, irrespective of the aspect of Olympics he participates in, takes out time over years to train, to even qualify to participate in the Olympics. Sometimes four to six hours every day, they are doing nothing but training. Getting themselves equipped for the challenge of the competition. In like manner, in the race, we need to train ourselves in order to compete and strive and end well. We need to train ourselves in righteousness. We need to train ourselves in service. We need to train ourselves in prayer. We need to train ourselves in fasting. We need to train ourselves. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 gave us the instrument of training clearly spelled out and it is the word of God 
That is how we train. That is what we train on. That is what we train with. The word of God, the Bible said, is sufficient for training us in righteousness. Without the word, you can't successfully run the race. Time will fail us to dwell on this. But that's all I will say for now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How often do you train? I believe that virtually all of us now wake up in the morning, use a devotional or use, bring up the scripture and read a passage of scripture. That is commendable. That is very good. But is that enough? Yeah, for a beginner, that may be okay. But as the stakes get higher, so the challenges are. And so the training should also be higher. So I want to encourage us to move from every morning reading the Bible as a family, which is good, commendable. I admire that because it's common now. I assume, I assume everyone here does that regularly. But if you have not started, please, it's something you need to do. But beyond that, because the challenge is high, the stakes are high, what we are going after is wonderful and great. You need to step up. Have a personal, regular Bible study on your own. Attend online courses on the scripture. There are so many. For those who are very busy, there are online courses you can attend. You are not attending it so that you become a preacher. In fact, I will talk about that later. Being a preacher has its own challenges. You can go for a Bible school. Not necessarily to be ordained a priest. But to be equipped and trained to run this race. Which is set out and marked out for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible says we need to run the race with patience. Brethren, there are discouragements. There are frustrations on the path. But they are not acceptable excuses to drop out or to abandon the race. If we look at the, that path that God chose for Israel, You know, the scripture in verse 17 gave a reason. It said he didn't want them to see war. <laughs> because if they saw war, they might decide to go back to Egypt. And that is what God didn't want to hear at all. Returning to Egypt. So, backsliding. It's out of the question when you enter this race. God doesn't want to hear that. That you want to return to Egypt. That is why he said we should run this race with patience. Endure. 
And it is only those who endure till the end that will be rewarded. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 30. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the reward. 2 Timothy 2.12 If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Endurance is important. Israel had to endure starvation for some time before manna came. Israel had to endure tests before water came out of the rock. You need to endure in the race. I don't know the challenge you are facing. I, I don't know the name. But God is asking you that you, it is necessary that you pass through that experience. And see the end of it. You should not see your end. When you have endured to the end, the reward will certainly come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Paul said, I do not run as uncertainly. I do not beat the air. Two things. It has to be very clear to us what we are in for. Where we are headed. Some of us are not really sure if there is any heaven. Some of us are not sure if it is true that Jesus is the only way to God. Some of us. When they say, when you live here now and enter the larger society and somebody says, there are so many ways to God. You don't have an answer. You are not sure. You start thinking. You know God is so large-hearted. It is possible you can get to him through Islam. You can get to him through Buddhism. You can... Uncertainty should not be part of the race. It should be clear what you are doing, where you stand. Paul said, no, I don't Anybody who is an athlete and he doesn't know what is involved in the particular sports, he cannot succeed in that sports. Never will he ever succeed. He said he doesn't punch the air. He doesn't waste his energy, stamina, on irrelevances, on things that are not important. Many Christians are now dealing with irrelevant matters. Things that are of no eternal value. And that's why we spend our energy. That's why we spend our time. Things that don't really count. Now our interpretation of success is different from what God calls success. We have shifted from the goal. Beating about the air. Beating the air like a boxer. You are not punching. You are not collecting points. Just hitting the air. For me now, success will mean, I'm sorry, 
If I'm a priest in the Anglican church, I'm posted to a new place, I erect a new building, I have been successful. It's not wrong to build a house. But there is a more important house to build, isn't it? In our different homes, if you don't have a car, and you have a car, then the Lord has blessed you. When the car hasn't come, the Lord has not blessed you. So, every effort is geared towards getting a car. So that you will be seen as a successful Christian. You live so winning. You live fellowship attendance. You live Bible study. You are busy. And every time you are busy, what are you busy looking for? Money to buy a car. Money to buy a jeep. Because all your colleagues are now using jeep. And they think that you are not doing well because you are a Christian. You want to show them that you are also doing well. That is beating the air. Find the purpose for which you have been called and focus on it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm. Mm. The other thing Paul mentioned here is that every athlete is uh, temperate in all things. Temperance is senequanon to the Christian race. Temperance is the voluntary self Restraint. Voluntary. Self-restraint. You decide on your own. I'm not going to do this. Everybody is doing it. And you say, no, 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 no. In areas of appetite. Passion. Everybody is doing this. And you say, no. I'm not doing that. That is temperance. I want to be different. I want to stand out. Temperance. You don't eat everything that is presented to you, whether they are good or bad. No athlete does that. No athlete is a drunkard. None. When they retire from athletism, they may become drunkards. But as long as they are actively involved, none. Check it out. Most of them, who are not temperate, get destroyed. Those who start womanizing, who start attending parties anyhow, they eventually end their careers in calamity. It's the same for us. In fact, the greatest enemy, as far as I'm concerned, in the Christian race is yourself. Your body. Your flesh. The Bible says the flesh is constantly warring against the spirit. And it is you that determines who will win. Whether the flesh will win or the spirit will win is determined by you. Any of them you give support takes over. Daniel understood the importance of temperance. That was why when he arrived in Babylon and he saw the king's delicacies, some of us would have been sweared by such delicacies. 
he said, hmm, these things don't, will help me. They will distract me. They will be an impediment to my focus, to where I'm going. And he spoke up. Sometimes we know the things that are wrong, but we are afraid to say it out. We think we can manage by keeping quiet. Daniel did not manage. Daniel spoke out and said, Mm-mm. Oga, I cannot continue with these meals. They are not good for me. Please, give me the one that will help me. We have been faced with several challenges in our Christian race that needed us to say, No, I can't be part of this. But we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to offend our God. We say we can manage it. Don't challenge him. And in managing, you see that you have compromised yourself. But not for Daniel. And Hebrew said we should lay aside every weight and every besetting sin. We should drop them. We call them weaknesses. It is my weakness. Uh, my weakness is that I'm easily angered. My weakness is that I can't tolerate certain people. My weakness is, what is your weakness? To run the race successfully, the Bible said you should deal with the weakness. Otherwise, the weakness will deal with you. I don't know what your weakness is, but you know what you have accepted as your own weakness. Deal with it. Otherwise, it will deal with you. Lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily besets. We also noticed in Paul's illustration, he emphasized the issue of focus. 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 And these athletes focused on the prize. Because they focused on the prize, the salary rate which they will collect at the end of the race, they did all these things that we are talking about just to get to that prize. Brethren, also, we need to focus on the prize. What is the prize? The prize of this high calling. What is it? We need to focus on it and avoid distractions. Many are their distractions, but we need to focus on the prize. First Peter 1 14. First Peter 1 verse 4 said, We have an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, which does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. First Peter again 5 4 said, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Wonderful prize that cannot be compared with whatever any of us is looking at. Brethren, if we make sacrifices to pass exams, we make sacrifices to obtain certificates, there's nobody here who hasn't made sacrifice to achieve one little thing or the other. We are needed to make much more sacrifice for the eternal thing that is awaiting us. It is glorious. 
First Corinthians says, eyes have not seen, neither has it entered into any air. What the Lord is keeping for you and for me is glorious. Let us focus on the prize. Let us also focus on the true prize, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The hymn we sang before the sermon said that Jesus is a prize. Can we look on him? He is the guide. He is the example. He is the prize. If we can follow him, we will be able to obtain. Ask yourself, in every circumstance, would Jesus do what I'm doing? What would Jesus do? What will he do in this particular instance? Again, let me say, our race is to be like him, progressively, every day, every minute, to be more and more like Jesus. And we continue until we have attained the stature of the measure of Christ. I want to conclude this by looking at verse 27. Very important for all of us, particularly for preachers. We need to be very careful. One of the things that will make many people not to obtain the prize is presumption. Presumption. When we become presumptuous, we are running a very major risk as children of God. And it is when we become presumptuous that we begin to ignore little foxes that creep in. They come in, we ignore them because we have become presumptuous. Heaven is assured whatever we do. Let me remind us, Jesus said there, strive to enter. Strive to enter. It is only those who strive till the end that will enter. Chapter 10. That's immediately after this. Chapter 10. Can somebody project that for us? First Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1. It's like where we read in the gospel. Is a major warning for every runner of this race. Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. These people were under the cloud. God protected them. He gave them protection. They passed through the sea. They were all baptized. Like you have all been baptized. They were all baptized. If you continue, you see verse 2. Yes, the next one. And they ate the same spiritual food or meat. All of them, they ate the same spiritual meat. The same food. Jesus said in Luke, some will say, I have eaten with you. I have had supper with you. I have walked with you. You even appeared to me on occasions. Jesus, can't you remember you showed yourself to me? I have been with you all the time. They ate the spiritual meat. Next one. 
And they drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. Look, that's in. That's, that's the same thing Jesus is saying. Next one. But with many of them. That is the problem. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. Are there people in the choir? Who come regularly to sing in the choir? And God is not well pleased with them. Are there people in the altar? And God is not well pleased with you. Are there people in the congregation? You have done this. And God is not well pleased. They were doing spiritual things. Spiritual things. They were not doing carnal things. But God was not well pleased with them. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. The wilderness was the path that God chose for them. To run their race. And they allowed themselves to be overthrown there. Next one. Now these were our examples. To the intent that we should not lost after evil things. As they lost dead. To the extent that we should not lust after if, if you have to run to obtain, my brother, you were lost after evil things, lost of the eyes, lost of the flesh, lost, lost. That's what destroyed many of them. Lost to satisfy the flesh. Next one. Neither be ye idolaters. I, I know the simple definition of idolatry. Anything you give preeminence, anything you value above God, has become your idol. So many of them were idolaters. Some of them actually contributed in creating their own idols. And we often create idols for ourselves. There are no some things that cannot be touched in your house. They are so important to you that you can actually abandon Christ if anybody tampers with them. That has become the idol. They missed obtaining because some of them became idolaters. Next one. Next. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed. Some did what? Committed fornication. After eating spiritual food, after drinking from Christ, they committed fornication. I don't know if there are fornicators here. Adulterers here. You are plagued by one sexual sin or the other. They committed fornication. And the Bible said what? And fell in one day. Three thousand. You see? Some, some of us have continued to indulge in sexual immorality because God is not killing us immediately. But there's a repercussion. It is coming. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Whether you agree to praise or not, it will happen. Unless you repent. Next one. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, tempting Christ, trying Jesus, 
Next. Neither Momo. I think this is the one that has caught the church. Murmuring. 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 Murmuring against one another. Murmuring against the leadership. Murmuring against the spiritual leaders. Murmuring against God. Saying, God, ah, why are you blessing this one? And you are not blessing me? After all, I'm more committed than him. I pay more tithes. I do more work for you. Yet, you are blessing him every day. He's coming to give testimony of how good you are. I have served you for 20, 30, 50 years. I don't have a child. I don't have anything to show for it. And you are murmuring against God. Stop. Stop. Because that is why many of them, God was not pleased with them. And they did not obtain the prize, which was the promised land. Next one. Now, all these things happened unto them, for examples. Examples to who? To us. To me. To you. That we should not do what they did if we want to obtain the prize that is set ahead of us. Shall we get up and pray? Can you talk to God this morning? There is a race that has been set for us to run. It will be a disaster if after preaching to others, if after witnessing, if after many years of answering a Christian, if after these years of people knowing you as a child of God, hey, it will be a disaster if after experiencing the powers of God, his deliverance. It will be a disaster if after the encounters we have had with him, having experienced him personally, it will be a major disaster to be called a castaway. <laughs> Can we speak to God this morning? And ask him to strengthen us that we may run this race to a logical conclusion. To obtain the prize which he has marked for us. You are the love of my life. You are the one I cling to. You mean all that this world to me. Believe with your hearts that you have not yet had the peace of God, that you are a sinner, that you are lost without Jesus, and you believe with your hearts that Jesus has paid the price for your sins. You believe unto righteousness. You confess with your mouth that you have truly sinned against God, and you are not worthy to be accepted into the race. Neither be called a son, but that you are forgiven. And you are asking Jesus 
to come in to be your Lord and your Savior, you will be saved. Can you at this moment repeat after me this prayer from your depth of heart? Lord Jesus, thank you. You love me. You died on the cross for my sins. You shed their blood for my trespasses. I have sinned and I'm not yours. I'm not within your people. I'm outside your circle. But this morning, I realize my life. I realize my past. I realize my sins. And I'm sorry. I repent of them. And I call you Jesus. With all my heart, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. The blood you shed on the cross of Calvary. Let it avail for me. And cover and obviate for my sins. And give me the power to be a child of God. Thank you as you hear me. As you forgive me. As you cleanse me. As you give me peace that passes all understanding. Thank you. In Jesus name. Father as many as receive you to them you give the power to be your children. Who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. Lord, as these ones, young, not too young, have surrendered to you, have said this prayer out of conviction, out of commitment, out of the conversion by the Holy Spirit. Lord, let it remain permanent in their lives in the name of Jesus. Let the change you bring remain permanent. Let the old pass away and let all things become new. Lord, from today, write their names in the book of life and cause thy young and not so young. The impact of your presence upon their lives will make the difference in the name of Jesus. Let old things pass away. Let all things become new. Give them the power to live for you in boldness, in righteousness, and in true holiness all the days of their lives, running the race to honor and give you praise. Thank you, Father, for hearing us and granting us this privilege. In Jesus' name we pray.